1: This is Gun Owners News Hour, and joining me from from Gun Owners of America is the Barefoot Defender, Stephen Williford. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? I'm just trying to cope. Just trying to cope. Now, in the past, have you gone to you've gone to Shot Show before, right?
2: I went last year, yes. Yeah. Big, big show. People don't understand how big Shot Show really is. It's in four big casinos. Okay? Right. Big hotel casinos and each one of the casinos takes up a, a entire city block. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, <laughs>
3: and takes it's a while four, just get out of the building.
2: Yeah, it's four floors in all four casinos. Right. So it, it, there is no way in a week's time that you can go through every booth and see every, everything. And so gun owners of America were broke up into teams so So we can go hit as many as we can and try to, um, uh, sign people in the industry up, see what the new stuff is going on. And, and, uh, you know, talk to the talk to the industry what their concerns are so we can address those concern, concerns and stuff. Now,
1: now, you are a Second Amendment advocate without a doubt. But first, first and foremost, you were a gun guy when you go out there. Do you, and I know you're sort of an AR guy as well. Um, well, do you go I, I'm a, any, anything,
2: anything firearms related guy, you know? Right, right. Yes. So, yes, I get to, I get to visit Daniel Defense. I get to, to, to visit, uh, Palmetto State Armory, Springfield Armory. Um, I get to visit, uh, Sons of Liberty Gun Works. And, you know, I have my, um, my manufacturers that I really, really love, and what's going on with their their companies and new innovative stuff with Haller and and uh, you know CZ and you know CZ bought Colt out, so CZ Colt is the um, same company now, and just just all kinds of things, you know. And Remington's back on the rise again. They they came up out out of the ashes, and um, another company bought them out, so you know, and always spring, uh, or, um, Smith and Wesson, another good, great American company. And, uh, you know, there's just so much to see, so much to do in so little time.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's hard to do. do you, do, uh, you don't go to the range on, 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 uh, media day. do you?
2: No, I don't get to go to range day. Unfortunately, <laughs> I wish I could, yeah. uh, that way I could actually shoot some of these new things. Yeah. Uh, but as it is, they put them in my hands, and I get to look at them and see them, and um, you know that's always exciting. I get to see things and actually get them in my hands before the general public gets exposed to them, and right. uh, yeah, so that's really cool. So the um, that's really
1: cool. I, I know you like AR platforms. Is there any sort of rifle platform that you? Uh, that you also sort of uh, uh, like, do you like bullpup designs? Do you like shotguns? What kind of other guns do you like to go check out when you're in there?
2: Well, I, I do love shotguns, but I can't hit any too much shotgun. <laughs> 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 I'll be real honest. I'm a competitive pistol and rifle shooter. Right. I love the new innovation in pistols. And um, came out in 2020. It and um for Springfield Armory and things like that. Right. Uh, right. but and full pumps too. Uh again, last year they um they came out with um the the Jackal Parmento State Armory did and it was Absolutely a new take. Uh, so what it is, it's the best of both worlds. It's a long-stroke piston, like a AK-47. Right. And, uh, and the bolt lock-up and stuff is like an AR-15, so it took the best of, you know, so it gets the accuracy of an a- AR-15, the reliability of an AK-47, um, be able to put a folding stock on it and adjust. Also, it has an adjustable... Um, Adjustable gas port, like right. an FNFAL. Right. So it took all kinds of design features from other things, combined them all into one and made one whale of a package. And I, I you know, I got, I got to see that before it actually came out. Now I own one and less than a week of me owning it, I shot a hog with it. Uh, really glad to do that. Um, but got to handle it first at the shot show, right, and uh I decided I had to have one you know and and you know a r fifteens are relevant for today, but uh there's things coming out that are you know that innovative and moving forward
1: right right i am waiting to see what that next innovation is <laughs> gonna be along the lines of the a r but uh, I'm a big a r fan haven't ever tried to blow up. I, 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 I've held a couple. I'm not. Uh, I don't like the way they balance with me.
2: you, you, you know, and that's that's it with me. Uh, I I understand and I like the idea of a bullpup. And for your audience that don't know, the action is actually behind the hand grip on a bullpup. So your magazine is actually back in your buttstock, and. It, shift the barrel and everything because the ATF has a rule that you can't have a shorter barrel than a 16 inch. Yeah. So what they do is they shift the barrel back, and you can have a uh, a 16 inch barrel, but it's a really short gun. Right. And uh, that's what the the allure to the bullpup is is to make a short gun uh, that's still legal. Uh, hopefully, at some point. Gun owners of America, you can find us at gunowners.org. Hopefully, at some point, we will get that overturned with the NFA Act and stuff, and so you can have a shorter barrel. But to me, it, you know, a lot of people like those pups, but it, it's a little bit cumbersome for me. Yeah, it's it's weighted
1: and it's balanced in a in a different way. It's well, it, it
2: it puts all the balance back at. at You know, and and it really ought to uh, be—it ought to be better because it puts all the balance on your shoulder. And but I, i like a little muzzle. Weight it helps me it helps me stabilize and that's just that's my opinion I like a little muzzle weight and uh, to me it just uh, it makes it more stable for me Uh, but any rate you know that's why they make different things for different people is because the way they feel you know um, Springfield Army has the Helion which is a bullpup. And uh, a lot of people like that. Uh, and of course, you know you have things like the Stire, uh, Wasp, and that's a bull pup. Uh, you know, I've always been interested, but never interested enough to purchase one. I guess. Change my mind. <laughs> Come out with something in a bullpup, pup. Change my mind. You know that. Well, now Meta State might do that. I would think. Wouldn't you think? Well, I don't know. I We'll see what Palmetto State Armor, Armory has to offer this year. Very good. Uh, Those guys are
1: pretty good quality. That's some really good quality they put out for a very inexpensive price. It's a lot
2: of well, bang for the buck. A lot of people think that uh, I've heard people say, I don't like Palmetto State Armory. They're cheap. And I correct them. They are inexpensive. Yep, they're not cheap. Nothing wrong with their stuff. Uh, good quality, good QC. I I have talked to their owners, uh, Jameis and Josiah, right with Palmetto State Armory, and they say their goal is to make shooting affordable for the average man and woman again. Yep. So they are doing what they can. Uh, they have a ammunition manufacturing plant now, and they're opening up their um they're actually opening up. They're going to start doing primers, too, which very few companies actually do the primers. No, nope, that's hard to find out. Um, Tell you what, Stephen, yeah. hang on
1: for me. We, I want to hear the uh, Gun Owners of America resolutions for the coming year, and uh, <laughs> we'll get to those in just a second. Talking to Stephen Williford from Gun Owners of America, this is Gun Owners News Hour. This is Gun Owners News Hour. Talking to Stephen Williford from Gun Owners of America. Uh, You guys always have a lot of moving parts going. You had you had a lot of victories last year. What are you looking to do this year? What do you see on the horizon?
2: We're looking to continue our victories out. Uh, We we have been uh, slapping around the ATF and uh, getting a lot of things overturned that the ATF is trying. Uh, we're planning on continuing that, uh, as far as, uh, coming up on the near horizon is, uh, the pistol brace band will be heard, the, uh, the, uh, bump stock band will be heard, and those will be ruled on by the, uh, by the Supreme Court. And I'd like to say people get out there and get involved. Uh go to gunowners.org and sign up. Uh cuz we are fighting the fight and uh it is much easier to stop this stuff before it gets voted in and made into law. We're fighting in Illinois trying to reverse a Assault weapons ban, if you will. We call a modern sporting rifle ban. Right. And, and uh, a standard capacity magazine ban. We're trying to get that overturned. It's much easier to stop it before it gets put into law, if you will. But uh, we fight it and try to get it prevented. And then if we can't prevent it, then we go to the courts and, and try to get it overturned, and through Bruin and the other Supreme Court uh, findings of recent years, uh, we are being quite successful in overturning it through the courts. Right. But but again, if we get everybody involved and start to speak their voice and understand what their Second Amendment, the value of the Second Amendment, if we can stop these things from happening to begin with, right now, as of January uh, 1st, the um, ban in Illinois took place. And, and if you're from Illinois, you're supposed to turn in or to register every gun that they consider an assault weapon that is just basically a semi-automatic rifle. You're supposed to either turn them in or register them, and we've got mass non I mean, we got over 99 non noncompliant in Illinois. <laughs> yeah,
1: there's one thing, in- and I, I, there's one thing I hope you guys continue because this this one hits close to home. You guys won uh, two legal victories against the ATF zero tolerance policy which has shut down a lot of gun shops. And, I mean, every gun that I've ever had sent to me by a sponsor or somebody wanting me to review them, I now have to find another gun shop because the ATF rolled in here and shut down the gun shop that I've been using for a decade.
2: And, and, and yet the ATF uh, issued a thing saying if you sell any gun, then you must be a, a FFL dealer. They right. want you to be able to register to be an FFL dealer if you want to sell Grandpa's old gun. Right. And yet they're going to come after you for doing so because they have a zero tolerance policy. Maybe you misspelled somebody's name or misspelled something on the form, and, and now they want to take your FFL away. Yep. Through their zero tolerance policy and GOA is right there fighting that battle. Yeah, that's going to be one where they,
1: uh, I mean, they're they they tr- they're getting sort of uh, creative. And the the interesting thing about Gun Owners of America that I've noticed over the course of time is how fast and how um, agile you guys are to jump in on these things when they come up with these new New imaginative ideas to infringe upon the Second Amendment right. Is there anything you guys haven't seen yet?
2: We were the first one that filed against the New Mexico governor when when she decided that she didn't care whether you had a permit or not. Right. She was going to prevent you from carrying anywhere in certain counties. And we were the first one that filed lawsuit against her. Right. And even the New Mexico, um, attorney general told her that he would not defend her on this. Right. Meaning, meaning that, you know, uh, New Mexico wouldn't defend her because it, that was against the New Mexico, um, constitution, also the state constitution. Right. And so we filed against her and we are suing her now because New Mexico will not defend her. We're suing her personally, right? You know, this won't be paid for by New Mexico taxpayers. We are suing her personally. Oh, okay. And we're holding her personally responsible for violating second amendment rights for good law abiding New Mexicans.
1: That's a new approach. I like that myself. I kind of like the way that's working out. They, uh, yeah, she, she, if we
2: let her get away with that, how many other states would do the same? Well, I was kind of waiting
1: to see what that cascade effect was going to be, but nobody else did that. That was, uh, that was a thing I was expecting to see though.
2: Nobody else wants to do it. Why? Because DOA is out there fighting that fight and, and, Putting it out there that hey, this is what's going to happen to you if you try it. No other governor wants to try it because they know gun owners of America. Please sign up, gunowners.org. Indeed, we're out there. We will fight that. We were the very first ones to file lawsuit on that one. (laughs) And thank you very much. Even though the. Attorney General of New Mexico is a elected Democrat. Yeah. He still understands the fact that she broke even the New Mexico Constitution. Yep. Can't be done that. He said, we will not. We're not going to defend you. Right.
1: (laughs) One thing to point out, uh, Gun Owners of America, to, just to give you an idea, and uh, this is uh, in 2013, when Obama thought he had his uh, had sail the the wind at his back, and he was going to get universal background checks. Gun owners of America set out one email blast that stopped that that day in April in 2013. That was they did one email blast, and every senator out there just got that just got bombarded with it and that's and now they're more effective now than they were in 2013 so gun owners dot up in the left hand corner you'll find a join now button or a renew button join then yeah. And it's only
2: $25 for an annual membership.
1: A lot of bang for the buck. Sign up for the email alerts and the national alerts and all the other stuff, and you will be kept in the know. Stephen? The value yeah. of that membership is just crazy. Priceless, priceless. It's the best $25 bucks you're going to spend this year. Stephen, thank you for joining me this week. I had a couple of problems getting Stephen because, well, I got blown clean off the map. So I apologize for that, sir, and I look forward to speaking with you next week. God bless. Yes, sir. Take care. Gunowners.org. We'll be right back. This is Gun Owners News Hour.
5: News, I'm Ryan Daniels. The Pentagon's Inspector General being tasked now to look back over how the Defense Department handled Secretary Lloyd Austin's recent hospitalization. Pentagon spokesman Pat Ryder says, Whether the DOD's policies and procedures are sufficient to ensure timely and appropriate notifications and the effective transition of authorities as may be warranted. President Biden and other top officials did not learn of Austin's hospitalization for prostate cancer until days after the fact. In Congress, many House conservatives are saying, not so fast to an earlier announced spending deal, Democratic Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says there is still much work to do to avert at least a
1: partial government shutdown. I am taking the first procedural step for the Senate to pass a temporary extension of government funding so the government does not shut down.
5: Schumer and new Republican House Speaker Mike Johnson had
6: announced last Sunday that they had arrived at an agreement on spending. This is you. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally, and it's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG.
7: Let me tell you a story about Bill. Bill was a normal guy in his 50s, He had back surgery about two years ago. Bill was in a lot of pain. He dealt with his pain by taking the Percocets his doctor prescribed for him. Bill took more and more and more of them to help with the pain until one day the prescriptions weren't enough to get rid of Bill's pain. Then one day Bill found someone to help him get rid of the pain with illegal drugs he didn't need a prescription for. Fast forward to today. Bill lost his job and his family. The only thing he does have is his drug dealer. If you know Bill's story and you don't want to end up like Bill, call the Detox and Treatment Helpline right now to get away and get treatment. 800-296-1327. 800-296-1327. 800-296-1327. Call right now. Help is standing by. 800-296-1327.
1: welcome back this is gun owners news hour here in my home state of south carolina we have been resisting permitless carry to a degree that is impressive to say the least and uh, right now it is uh, sort of pending right and um we uh well let's just put it this way we 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 tend to have some really stupid politicians in south carolina and uh It gained acceptance in the House, and it stalled out in the Senate. So they're trying to make this a constitutional carry year and uh, and get it in front of the governor's desk while gun control groups and the anti-gun lawmakers are hoping they can derail the legislation, despite the Republican supermajorities in both chambers, which makes me wonder why we haven't already got it. Now, this past Wednesday in my state, uh, they rallied in the state capitol and they probably would have been better off gathering behind closed doors given the comments of Representative Jermaine Johnson, who offered one of the most bizarre objections to permitless carry that I have ever heard. And I've heard a few. He, he said, and I quote, if there's a bad guy who's going to do some harm to other people, law enforcement will now not have the ability to stop and ask someone, what are you doing with those guns? Where are you headed with this? They will no longer be able to do that. Well, I hate to tell you this, uh, Representative. And who are you representing? They might want to take a double look at that one. Um, you're not wearing them around your neck running around with a little light flashing on your chest. Now, the supporters of the plan argue most gun owners are law-abiding citizens. They're responsible with their guns, so there's no need for a permit. But Johnson argues it's not enough. He said, we need to put some identifiers in place to protect these good guys because in the heat of battle, in the heat of the moment, you can't tell who the good guy is or who the bad guy is. So we need to make sure we can protect all innocent bystanders. So does Johnson honestly think the concealed carry holders who use their guns in self-defense Are they displaying their permit in one hand while gripping their pistol with the other? Because I don't. Now, as for his objection that law enforcement will no longer be able to stop and ask someone about carrying a gun, he should understand that even today, police have to have a reasonable suspicion that a crime is being committed before they can stop someone and pat them down. And in most jurisdictions in South Carolina, where you can carry in the open, if you have a permit... Uh, for concealed carry, <laughs> don't ask me. I don't. I don't know how it worked. But um, most law enforcement is not going to roll up on you and ask to see your permit if they see the gun. Now, the standard is not going to change on the pat-down part of it. It permitless carry takes effect, and Johnson could alleviate his concerns by talking to the police chiefs and the sheriffs in the any of the twenty-seven states that have already adopted permitless carry. Still plenty of criminals getting busted for illegally possessing and carrying a gun because permitless carry doesn't change who can lawfully carry a gun in you know on a regular basis, who can bear arms in self-defense. It only negates the need for the state-issued license before lawful gun owners can do so. This debate's been going on for a very long time, and I don't understand why we're still having it here in South Carolina, given all of the history that is out there, but um, over the past 15 years or so, And it's important to note that not a single state has repealed permitless carry after it took effect. Contrary to the claims of the uh, anti-gunners, permitless carry doesn't lead to an explosion in crime either. Ohio Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost recently released the results of a study involving or showing gun-involved crime decreased in six of the state's eight biggest cities in the first year that permitless carry was in effect, while Oklahoma City has seen its homicide rates decline to the lowest level in decades with permitless carry in place. Similarly, Atlanta's homicide rate dropped by 21% last year, the first full year for permitless carry in Georgia. Now, this doesn't mean that crime will automatically drop because of permitless carry only that permitless carry laws don't automatically cause crime to spike. Police still have plenty of tools to target the violent offenders in those 27 States. And that would still hold true here in South Carolina. If we were given a chance to, uh, you know, get out there and, uh, you know, give it a shot. (laughs) Give it a shot if we could, you know. Now, on the other hand, you've got these blue states, and they're, they're always in a perpetual, and they're never going to be permitless, carry. Uh, I, well, I, at least I don't think so. I could be wrong. I would love to be wrong. But like New Mexico Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham, she is not the only state executive to declare a public health emergency due to gun violence. So she's the only one who tried to suspend the right to bear arms in a portion of her state through an executive order. Coming out of Buffalo, New York, columnist Rob Watson points out former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo declared a disaster emergency based on gun violence in July of 2021. And they have been living under that declaration in New York ever since. But. And we get this, and I don't know where we get this from. Who are we getting this from? Uh, Apparently, uh, Governor Kathy Hochul's controversial law targeting law-abiding pistol permit holders has not done much to curb violence. But don't take my word for it. Take hers. Over the weekend, the governor extended for the umpteenth time the Declaration of Disaster Emergency first enacted by Andrew Cuomo in July 2021. Citing rising gun violence during the pandemic, Cuomo used the declaration to seize supposedly temporary powers to combat what he called a statewide disaster emergency. Now, COVID-19 has subsided. Apparently, the gun violence emergency has not. And this despite the misnamed Concealed Carry Improvement Act that Hochul pushed through two years ago, which was sold as an anti-crime measure, but which will restrict where only law-abiding gun owners can carry weapons, not the criminals. Hence, the latest extension of the emergency declaration, which now runs through February 4th. In fact, the gun violence emergency order has been what has been repeated, repeatedly extended, including 27 times by Hochul alone, according to reinvent Albany. If the CCIA was effective, you would think the gun crime emergency would be over by now. Now, of course, here they are restricting the right to carry. And they still are, uh, (laughs) they're still claiming that um, the gun violence emergency is in, 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 uh, and when does it become a chronic condition? That was one of the questions posed by the New New Mexico Supreme Court when it heard arguments this week on the public health order and carry ban. Which originally suspended the right to carry throughout the city of Albuquerque and surrounding Bernillo County, Bernanillo, Bernanillo County, excuse me. But it applies equally as well to Cuomo and Hochul's order. New Mexico Supreme Court Justice David K. Thompson noted that Grisham had already renewed her orders four times and wondered if that isn't a sign that Grisham is trying to impose a permanent policy through executive, not legislative action. Hochul has extended her order almost 30 times. So what does that say about her own intentions? And uh, Watson believes it's not exclusively about Hochul's animosity towards the Second Amendment and its protections. And we get this. Such emergency orders let a governor bypass accountability, accountability measures such as competitive bidding when issuing contracts or a review of contracts by the state comptroller designed to protect the public. And, preventive use. and in essence, they undermine the safeguards that make the democratic process work. And in that sense, a repeated extension of the gun violence emergency declaration exemplifies all of Albany's worst proclivities rolled into one. A political power grab that sidesteps checks and balances while also keeping the public in the dark. So, you know, this is, uh, here we have, uh, you know, a tale of two types of, uh, outlooks the very restrictive outlook and the outlook where you know shall issue is the rule and the law and here in my state we're trying to you know get even beyond that and go to permitless carrying we'll see how it plays i would expect the blue blue states to become deep blue navy blue as blue as they can get and i would expect the free states to remain free and just keep on well you know sooner or later we're going to be at 30 32 permitless carry states we'll be right back this is gun owners news hour
7: 284 523
0: I know I need to pay attention to my health, but I just can't seem to find the time. Between rushing to work and taking care of the kids, there's not much time left over for me. So I decided to start small by eating more fruits and vegetables and being more active. And then I got the family to make some changes too. We started by keeping a bowl of fresh fruit on the counter, and I limit the amount of sweet snacks I keep in the house. I've also found some creative ways to add more vegetables to our meals. We're taking more walks, and on the weekends, we head down to the pool at the rec center. It doesn't happen every day, but it does happen. You don't have to change your entire life to be healthier. Just make some simple changes and include your family. You'll see how easy and fun it can be.
4: You can make a difference. Eat smart, play hard. And when you do, your kids will too. A challenge from
6: USDA.
1: more time. This is Gun Owners News Hour. You know, um, we're going to talk about electric cars. Not because electric cars have anything to do with gun owners, just the way they're trying to pursue them. Because what they're trying to do with electric cars is they're trying to ban gas-powered cars in much the same manner that they're trying to ban guns. Now, whereas with the gun grabbers the reason they want to ban guns is they don't want you to have them at all they don't want you to have a gun at all and there's nothing to replace that although they would be willing to say well you can let the police replace that but since we know that gun control does not actually stop crime the question becomes um, if it doesn't stop crime why have it why would we have people helpless now in the face of this so you know, when, and, and listen, guns by themselves do not commit crime, right? Much in the same way, like electricity. Electricity, would you think electricity is a source of energy? No. Electricity carries it. But if you asked the question, everybody would say, yes, it is. Even though 60% of our energy is supplied by natural gas and coal, 18% by nuclear. So... Then the next question that would come up is whether cars are a major consumer of energy and hence a significant contributor of CO2 emissions. Much the same way as a gun. Is a gun of any benefit to society and do people having guns contribute to crime with guns? And again, in both cases, most people would believe in both instances that both statements are self-evidently true. Hence the importance of banning guns and moving to electric cars. Here's the thing. The regular internal combustion engine car accounts for less than 5% of global energy demand. The U.S. has 19% of the global car fleet, which declines to under 15% by 2050 as the rest of the world catches up to us. Now here here comes this is the sink this is the sinker this is the sinker pitch if you will. The US car fleet, fleet accounts for a mere 1% of global energy demand, declining to 0.8% by 2050. So even if we shift 100% to electric powered cars, the maximum climate impact on 2050 is a meaningless 0.2%. And that would be in the global CO2 emissions from the current electric grid up to a maximum of 0.5, assuming solar, wind, and hydro can implausibly take over that 60% electric demand generation. So in the case of the electric car, there's no factual basis to claim the government mandate to switch to electric cars will have any impact on global CO2 emissions. Now, for the car, for the car segment of this, this is, you know, this is all unproven territory. We're all coming in here. And and yet, when I was watch as I watched this play out, I've seen this time in and time out, day in and day out, since I've been a 2A advocate. They're out there saying, we have crime, therefore he must get rid of guns and there would be no more crime. Except they've tried banning guns all over the place. And guess what? First of all, they're never going to go away. That's item number one. Item number two, criminals are always going to have them. So the only way that they can actually think of a way to get few, fewer guns on the street is to take them from the law abiding. And we know that the law abiding are better with guns than anybody. They, they do a very fair account. It's not even debatable on that one. That's a verified fact. Both, both of these are verified facts. It's correct under any view of climate science or gun control. I mean, the fact that we have 27 permitless carry states right now today, and I don't know how many permits, I'm sure that we're in the, maybe close to the 30 millions, but even if we don't, I mean, we got to have 50 million people in the United States carrying guns, one sixth of the population, maybe one seventh. Now, how would this world change if everybody put their gun down? Which is the same question as saying, how would this change if the entire world goes 100% electric for cars? Now, in the case of cars, the global CO2 emissions fall 3.5% in 2050 versus a baseline of 24% electric adoption by 2035. See, internal combustion engine cars, like guns in the hands of law-abiding They're not a meaningful source of global emissions. And electric cars do not and cannot curtail the continued reliance on fossil fuels and electric electric generation. That's never going away. And we're only responsible in the United States for 14% of all global CO2 emissions, declining to 9% by 2050 due to the rest of the world's economic growth. So us doing what we want to do or what they want us to do would not stop anything. It would not slow anything down. And in much the same way, uh, what do we have? You know, uh, I I think we probably have 130 guns for every 100 people. Now, that should tell you right there that all of this uh, all this nonsense about the gun violence epidemic is just exactly that. It's nonsense. And much in the same way as they've tried to pursue with, uh, with climate change. They've got their own vernacular built into it. Now, with climate change, if you don't believe in it, if you're not 100% down with it, you're a denier. With us, if, if we believe in owning AR-15s and 9 millimeters and double-stack magazines, we are enablers and we're killers. And this is the Biden era. Without a doubt, this is the Biden era. And, you know, me throwing facts out there, that means nothing to them. Not a thing. And that's I, I get it. I mean they're they're totalitarians. They are totalitarians. The the thing about the, the thing I look at with climate change, the climate change thing could very well be you know, when you look at some of the things they're proposing, like, you know, taking away meat, taking away your car, taking away your freedom of movement, how far are you going to go, Earthman? How far are you going to let them push? How far are you going to let them continue to infringe upon your life? I'm not just talking about your, your rights. I'm talking about every single thing that has to do with your life, your money, all this other stuff. They, they're putting things out in front of you that just makes life almost impossible they want to revert. They want to devolve. And the reason I look at climate change and I get out there and I say, what's interesting about this is for me, if somebody comes to me and tries to take everything I got fights on. And that's why I look at climate change is a very important thing as far as gun owners are concerned. And the whole climate change, the, the, the way they pursue it is exactly the way they pursue gun control. They're trying to ban their way to zero, net zero, whatever it is. And along the way, as they're banning their way to it, a lot of us are going to die because we, you know, we have postable thumbs. We're supposed to live indoors, all that kind of stuff that, you know what I'm saying? so (laughs) Um on the one hand, they want us to freeze, they want us to eat bugs, they want us to uh, have nothing you know, own nothing and like it. And on the other hand, they want us to be disarmed and completely, completely at their mercy and defenseless. And I don't know who's going to take care of the criminal class if that were to actually come along, But whatever it is, Whatever they're thinking. I don't know. I do not know where where it's going. I know where we can't allow it to go. That's the thing. I know where we can't allow it to go. So, bear this in mind as you go forward. We're right now in a very dangerous time. This year is going to be a very dangerous year. So as I go away, remember this, always carry your concealed weapon everywhere you can, everywhere you can go. Be observant, be aware. Don't take anything for granted. This has been Gun Owners News Hour.